It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. I'm Sasha Kelly and welcome to The Dive, the podcast that asks, whoever said that business news needs to be all business? Do you hear this? That is the sound of my lunch that I packed and brought into the office today in what some of us call a Tupperware container. But here's the thing. That's not actually really a Tupperware container. It's just an old plastic takeaway container that I've rinsed out and decided to use for my lunch. And I have a whole cupboard full of plastic containers just like that. But as what became a shock to some of the people in the office, I'm not going to name names, Tupperware is actually a brand in itself. Like Kleenex or Google, it's just become ubiquitous with the name for plastic tubs. So when we heard last week that shares in Tupperware tumbled nearly 50% and the company has revealed it's engaged financial advisors to help it secure financing, we were intrigued. The company is in such dire straits, it's in danger of being delisted by the New York Stock Exchange. It's Friday the 28th of April and today I want to know what has brought on the demise of such an iconic brand and what's going to happen to Tupperware? To talk about this today, I'm joined by my colleague here at Equitymates is Darcy Cordell. Darcy, I said I wouldn't name names, but you're a name. You didn't know what Tupperware was, did you? Look, I'll (laughs) out myself, Sasha. You're absolutely right. I have Tupperware all around the house, but that's what I call it. I didn't realise that Tupperware itself is an individual company and they really began this trend of storing your food (laughs) in the fridge. Look, I knew that I was maybe on my own here. I remember Tupperware from my mom and my grandma. They were very proud of, we had a really great salad bowl one in particular that was original Tupperware. But yeah, I knew I was alone in the office. So I reached out to Alex Bitter, who's a senior retail reporter at Insider to help me get across this story. Let's get to our conversation now. Now let's go to a little town in New Jersey where things are really popping. Yes, there's a party going on at Mrs. Betty Martin's house. It's a Tupperware party, and it's really fun. It's my absolute pleasure to be joined this morning by Alex Bitter, who is Senior Retail Reporter at Insider. Alex, thanks so much for joining me on The Dive this morning. Yeah, thanks for having me. So first of all, can you tell me a little bit about Tupperware and where they stand right now? As In terms of market size, like their name is synonymous with plastic tubs. But obviously, you know, if I open my cupboard, there's heaps of different types of containers in there. How much of the market share do they really have at the moment? Yeah, so I don't have a hard and fast market share figure for you. um, But I think what's definitely true is that it's not as great as it once was. Um, You're absolutely right. I mean, Tupperware got its start right after World War II. Um, This was an era when the military in the United States had developed... um, this type of plastic that was used in military equipment. But after the war ended, um, DuPont, which is the company that made this kind of plastic, was looking for peacetime uses for it. Um, And one of those ended up being Tupperware and kitchen containers. Um, So the brand became really big in the 40s, 50s, and 60s. And as you said, it became synonymous with 
all plastic containers like that that you use for your kitchen leftovers and, and things like that. Um, but a key point to note is starting in about the 80s, a lot of the patents that they had expired, right? And of course, if you know anything about intellectual property, patents, trademarks, all that good stuff, that's what really protects original ideas. Um, but they do expire. They do go out of date. And that's exactly what happened uh, starting about 40 years ago with Tupperware. And of course, that opened the floodgates so that Rubbermaid and all these other companies could jump in more easily, right, and make their own versions. And of course, you know, maybe they made them cheaper. Maybe they rolled them out to more stores than Tupperware did. Um, and that was kind of the beginning of the end. And it's been a decline ever since. Yeah. So it's really interesting that innovation was so key and so part of their early story. And yet, as you said, it's kind of the the beginning of their demise started almost 40 years ago in the 80s. I'd love for you to give me a little bit of the history about a woman named Brownie Wise, who was so integral to, as well as that um, innovation in terms of uh, materials, they had an innovative idea with marketing as well, didn't they? That's right. Yeah. So the two main figures when it comes to Tupperware to know are Earl Tupper, who actually invented Tupperware. Um, he was the guy who took the plastic from DuPont and kind of played with it and tried different things and figured out, oh, I could make containers for your kitchen um, out of this. Um, but he was always very focused on the manufacturing front, the you know, what was actually required to make Tupperware. Um, and as you point out, the other main figure, and some people would say the pivotal figure in the history of Tupperware is Brownie Wise, who was a woman who lived in Florida in the 1940s. And she had a business not making Tupperware, but just selling it and marketing, right? Um, so whereas Earl Tupper was the inventor of Tupperware, technically, Brownie Wise was the person who really made it big. And her key innovation was she hosted parties and got other people, mostly women, to host parties in their homes um, that were social events. They were fun. But of course, Tupperware was the center. It was like a demonstration. Um, she would do things like fill an entire Tupperware bowl with a lid on it full of grape juice and seal it and throw it around the room. People would like throw it to each other to demonstrate how leakproof it was right, and how effective it was at keeping whatever was in the container inside. Um, that sounds like a fairly basic thing to us now, but at the time it was really innovative because Earl Tupper himself had tried selling this stuff um, through retailers. He even had a showroom in Manhattan in New York City for this stuff, but people just didn't know how to use it, which sounds stupid to us now, but it was so new and it was, it was innovative. And what Brownie Wise realized was you need to show people how to use it, but if you do that, they'll really love it. So that's a little bit of the history of Tupperware. After the break, Alex talks to me about how this company, once a runaway success, ended up in the position it is today. And he also shares with me what we can learn from their mistakes. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Meets keep meteor, beats keep meteor, 
chips keep chippier, dips keep dippier. Tupperware freshness, that's our promise. Look at all the ways we keep it. It does sound, though, like it's just an early example of influencer marketing. When you think about social media as a replacement for parties, you know, there's lots of things that I certainly buy off the internet that it's because I saw someone on a video, on a reel, doing something exceptional that I hadn't thought of myself or hadn't seen in a store. Absolutely. I think that's a great comparison. Um, Obviously, Instagram and TikTok didn't exist in the 40s and 50s, but yeah, it was the same principle, right? It was that If you can get an audience together and you can show them this product, they'll be impressed by it. And then what Brownie Wise did, that's also worth mentioning, is she did this herself. But the key part was she also recruited other women who came to these parties to become salespeople themselves, right? And so then they would go out and host parties and you would get access to their networks, right? So you can see quickly how this multiplied, right? And how the audience for Tupperware grew and grew and grew. And in the early 50s, that's exactly why Earl Tupper brought her on as an executive at Tupperware to basically take that national, right, Mm. um, here in the United States. So you're absolutely right. It it was a genius move. Um, And I think it says something that at the time there were other brands uh, and subsequent brands that copied that strategy, right, Um, of hosting parties, of recruiting people, um, to become salespeople. Yeah, I think the one that comes front of mind is Avon, you know, Avon ladies selling makeup through the same kind of networking. But we're here to talk about Tupperware today because the reason they're in the news at the moment is they've had uh, a spate of maybe not so good news. You know, as you said, the beginning of this decline started in the 80s, but it's been very, very gradual, but it seems to have really hit a crunch point now. Can you tell me what is going on? Why am I seeing Tupperware in the news headlines? Totally. So they are facing difficulty continuing to exist as a company. Mm -hmm. Um, As I said earlier, you know, it's been sort of a long, relatively slow decline for the company. Um, You know, their market share has declined over time. Um, The other thing that's worth pointing out too, and this isn't new by any means, but it's definitely affected the company is, you know, in the 80s, their patents started to expire. But the other thing that happened around that time was in the US and certainly a lot of uh, more in more economically developed countries, uh, you had a lot more women starting to enter the workforce, right? Brownie Wise's model of parties and recruiting women to be salespeople was based on the idea that at the time in the United States, there were a lot of stay-at-home wives, mothers, you know, women often didn't work outside the home in a lot of cases. Um, of course, that changed starting in the 70s and 80s, especially. You had more dual income households. Um, and in that sense, the strat- the key marketing strategy for Tupperware kind of disappeared, right? Um They definitely tried to revive it in certain ways. Um, I think in the 80s, after Kraft bought the brand, um, they tried to convince working women to hold Tupperware parties like over lunchtime in their offices, uh, but that didn't really work out. That sounds like two jobs. (laughs) Yeah, you know, I I mean, I guess, you know, everyone has a gig, right, these days or a side hustle, but um, but that didn't really work out at the time. Um, So I think, you know, you have those two big things, the patents as well as, women entering the workforce and this sort of not being a viable model anymore um, that kind of, again, really contributed to the long, slow decline of the company. Um, The other thing I'd mention real quickly is, you know, they obviously got sort of a, I guess, a second or third wind, you could say, um, in the last few years because their sales did go up in the early months of the pandemic in 2020. Um, You know, this was a time when we were all sitting at home looking for new kitchen gadgets or things to use while we cook. Um, And 
not hard to see where Tupperware fits into that picture. Um, but as with a lot of things during the pandemic, that was temporary. Um, and their sales have dipped again um, to the point where, you know, they just, <laughs> they can't pay their debt. They can't do all these things that a, a company should be able to do. Yeah, so they currently have a debt. A, a sizable debt that they're trying to pay back. So the interest rates have hit them there. And they're also just struggling to be relevant in, as we said, they had this amazing, innovative marketing strategy uh, in the last century, but I haven't seen any of my Instagram influencers or TikTok influencers <laughs> selling me Tupperware recently. As business watchers, as people who are reading business news, what do you think some of the lessons are that we can learn from Tupperware's decline? Yeah, I would say, you know, when you look at the history of the company, um, you know, those initial containers that Earl Tupper designed and Brownie Wise so successfully marketed were really great. They've tried many different things since then. I think if you go to the Tupperware website today, you'll see like, you know, salad bowls and like uh, serving utensils and things like that. Um, but they really haven't hit a home run in the same way that they did way back when. Um, so I think it speaks to the importance of, you know, having a good idea, obviously being able to protect it over time. Um, but then also, you know, once you've done that coming up with more good ideas, right. Um, I think it worked the Tupperware model and kind of those, those initial containers that you could burp, right. As they mm. said, um, those were really popular for decades. Um, and as you said, they sort of, the Tupperware name became synonymous. It's almost like Kleenex, right? No one asks for a facial tissue. Um, <laughs> but, you know, they for a while, they were one of those brands that was really successful and everyone knew them. But then, you know, when competitors finally get a chance to pounce, you either have to defend kind of your property that you have, intellectual property, or find something new. And I think that was one of the issues is that they really the reason they're in their situation that they're in now is they didn't pivot and find like another thing to do. Um, so they tried to kind of stick with what they, what, what had historically worked um, even when it was clear that wasn't an advantage they had anymore. Yeah. Just wasn't working anymore. Alex, thank you so much for joining us today and diving into the world of Tupperware. It's actually been really interesting and I really appreciate your time this morning. Yeah, thanks for having me. No problem. So Darcy, do you feel more up to date with the Tupperware story? Do you feel like you can talk about it with confidence? <laughs> yeah, actually a fascinating story, Sasha. I think the thing it highlighted for me was the importance of having patents and IP rights. So Tupperware had these amazing marketing strategies. They had all the patents and IPs, but then they expired and that really let in all these other competitors and the market just became flooded. Yeah. And I think that idea of evolving and innovating and that not being just like something that you can do once and resting on your laurels, like the fact that the company really should have seen that they needed to kind of get with the times quite a while ago. Anyway, an interesting one to watch. Let's see what happens. On Monday, we're going to be talking about the metaverse. And Darcy, we've got some sad news, don't we? I do, Sasha. Unfortunately, Monday will be my last episode for a little while. I'm taking a hiatus, traveling, heading over to the UK. So not exactly sure when I'll be back, but I promise I'll be back one day. Well, I hope to hear your voice across the table from me once again. Look, I'm very sad, but I'm really excited for the adventures that you have in front of you. And I know that all of our equity mates 
will join me in thinking the same thing. So in honour of Darcy, please go into your podcast player, rate and review us, give us a five-star rating, maybe leave a little message to say thanks to Darcy about how much you've enjoyed him being on the podcast for this last year. We've done a year of the dive. It is a small, but it's a very meaningful way you can help support us. Thanks so much for joining us today. We'll be back on Monday with an episode on the metaverse. Until then. You have been listening to an Equity Mates Media production. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equity Mates Media acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea, and community. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. This podcast is intended for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general advice only and has not taken into account your personal financial circumstances, needs or objectives. Before acting on general advice, you should consider if it is relevant to your needs and read the relevant product disclosure statement. And if you're unsure, please speak to a financial professional. The hosts of this podcast and their guests may have positions in the companies mentioned. Equitymates Media operates under an Australian Financial Services Licence 540697.